Alchemical Goat. Hello everybody, I'm Bobby Larson, hypnotherapist and business mentor. I'm Jessica Dimitro, astrologer, tarot reader, CEO and founder of Asterio Awakenings. Today, our special guest is a longtime friend of ours, Serene Martinez. She's the founder and CEO of Pink Bunny Lingerie. She's been in her industry for over 20 years. Her company has been in Forbes, Glam, Glamour, CNBC, and many more. She's a mom, wife, and champion of women. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm very excited to be here. So, you know, as we... You're kind of where someday I think a lot of people, a lot of our listeners want to be. Like, they had... You have a story of... I mean, you said it a little bit earlier before we started recording that... At 15, you and your friend were sitting in a park and you were talking about what you saw for your future and your friend just pointed out to you the other day that you are actually there. So, I mean, what are we looking at? 25 years, maybe? Yeah. Um, in the making of this. And I think the most value for our listeners would be to just hear your story just here you know where you began and then we'll just kind of go from there awesome thank you uh okay so the good news is is that yes I am where I want to be today and I started in a place where it was pretty challenging so I really feel like if I can do it anybody can do it you know um I was it, when I was younger, you know, there were times we were homeless. There was, a, we lived in a battered women's shelter at the time. I think that's what they were called. I'm not sure if that's PC anymore. <laughs> um, but, you know, there was lots of chaos. And there wasn't a place for me to learn any skills. So as a, I was growing up and I was younger, I had a lot of anger and animosity, no skills to help me. Um, you know, I failed out of high school, The you know, in my first high school, the second high school I went to was a continuation high school. I was able to uh, graduate with honors from there. But there was a lot of in-between. There was a lot of, is this really what I want in my life, you know? Like, yeah, I'm angry. And yeah, I, uh, you know, I was really, really stubborn. And I had somebody say to me, and you know, you know, people say things to you at times. And mm -hmm. it's just, it really sets with you. Mm -hmm. And something I really needed to hear because I was really stubborn is, Serene? You can get what you want in life, or or you can be right. <laughs> Love it. You know, because I wanted to be right, and they're like, yeah. "Great, that's great for you." But mm -hmm. is that working for you? Yeah, it wasn't. It really, a lot of energy to try was, to be right. You know, all the time. Yeah. when I went to my uh, continuation high school because I had flunked out of regular high school, right? Like my freshman, sophomore, my sophomore year, went back to school. I had not gone to one goddamn class, you know, I was just not into it, you can't tell me what to do, mm -hmm. very angry, you know, I had been taking care of myself for a long time, and when I went to my new school, they looked at me like, you have a right to fail. No. If you don't want to show up, you don't have to. We're not going to make you. Yeah. And I was like, you can't tell me. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's back on me. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's me. <laughs> and I realized, you know, I, I didn't want to be stupid. Mm -hmm. I didn't, that's not what right. I wanted in my life. I didn't right. want to fail. I didn't want to do that. I just, I just didn't want you to tell me what to do. But now yeah. that there's nobody telling me what to do and I wasn't like myopically focused on that, you know, just right. trying to, trying to have some sort of control over yeah. my life at that point. Yeah. And beating against the system. Beating have, against the system. Yeah. Cause that's what I was focusing on. Right. Mm -hmm. I was focusing on, I'm the victim. I was focusing on. I'm angry, you know, I got this raw deal, blah, 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 blah. Okay, maybe. But at this point, now I'm 17, so you need to figure it out, right? Like, it's nobody else's job anymore. But then I also realized, well, what do I do instead, mm -hmm. right? Because you're at that point where you're like, okay, well, I, I don't know how to take care of myself. I don't know what to do, you know? And all of these dreams that you can have in life... They seem like a pipe dream because you don't see how to get from here to there. You're like, right. you know, you're yeah. like, oh, I'm sitting in a park. But other people do those things, right? You other watch people other do. people do that. I remember at times when we had no money. I was working two jobs to help my mom pay the rent. 
you know, we had been kicked out of every apartment, blah, blah, blah. I remember walking by restaurants thinking, where do these people get all this money? Mm-hmm. Like, how do, how, do <laughs> yeah. they, how do they afford this? Yeah. You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't in my world. Mm-hmm. I hadn't had that experience. And then sitting in a park with a girlfriend, you know, and I remember telling her, someday, someday I'm going to be rich. Someday I'm going to have my own business. Someday I'm going to, you know, do all these things that I want to do. Someday I'm going to travel. Kids wasn't in that vision. No, no, I have a child, which is way better. So you never know how it's going to turn out. But, but that's, you know, that was what I wanted. But I still really couldn't see. Like, when I was telling her that, that was literally a pipe dream. Yeah. You know? Like, I, there, there was <laughs> literally, no... Literally? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, what, what, I, what I did really <laughs> was a pipe dream. Well, there's distance. That. That's foreshadowing. Don't tell them what to do yet. But there's that distance that we have, like... I want these things, but they can't actually happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's that's just something that you know I'm gonna dream about, but it's never actually gonna happen. My mm-hmm. biggest fear, growing up, was that I was gonna be homeless. Mm-hmm. You know that, and that's just that's a crappy way to live. Well, well, that, that's what you knew. right? That's what I knew. But then but that's setting the standard of as long as I'm not homeless, exactly, I'm fine. Exactly. And you're like. Is that the that's like that's that, bar is, that really, bar is really low? Really low. <laughs> so, um, so I waffled around for a long time, and I worked at lots of different jobs, and then you know lots of retail jobs, and I had a really good work ethic, but I had a work ethic in the way of being a worker, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I just you do the best you can, you work eighty hours a week, yeah. you know, you slave. And that makes you a good person, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's that's just what I knew, you know, right. um, that work, you had to suffer to work and to just make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought you work harder and then you make more money, more money, yeah. you know, and I went through stints in my life where I did cinematography and it was really fun to do that. And I really loved that part in my life where I did camera work and did all sorts of fun stuff with film and video. But at that point, was not making any money at it, mm-hmm. you know. And so, again, it just reinforced in my mind, well, you're either doing something you love or you're making right. money, right? right? And so I was like, well, this isn't making me the money that I want to right now. And so I started going back into retail. And then I just wasn't finding where I wanted to be. And then mm-hmm. one day, my boyfriend gave me a gift certificate to an adult store. And I know we haven't talked about it yet, but I was always your dirty friend. I was always your TMI friend. I was always the one who you're like, oh God, Serene, don't say anything out loud. That was me, right? Or in a restaurant. Oh God, she's going to talk. So, but what I really was like, you know what, I'm just going to lean into this, you know, because when I walked in, the girl behind the counter was like, oh my God, you're so nice. Like, you should work here. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I totally should. You know? And it was right at that point where I think Chris Rock was talking about uh, in one of his comedy sketches, like, girl, get a job. Just get a job holding dicks. Just, I don't care what you do. Just get a job. And I was like, oh, that's me. I can get a job. Only they were plastic, right? Yes. So I got a job at this adult store. Who, you know, and they were trying. They were trying to yeah. make it nice. You know, and it was a couple of guys that owned it. And they were nice guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And they were, it was half of, uh, you know video store there was no booths or anything just you would rent something and you would go you know mm-hmm. take it home and do your thing and then there was retail right on the other half so it was and because none of this phased me mm-hmm. at this point you know mm-hmm. i was really able to connect with customers mm-hmm. and especially the women that came in mm-hmm. and it you know i remember one day we had an older woman came in god bless her heart and she came in and she was i was wearing a turtleneck and she could oh my goodness thank god you look like me i can talk to you i was like what's fine and she was so embarrassed and we were talking we were chatting we were making it totally fine it took this woman weeks to come in she told me and then right as we're talking getting somewhere this man bursts into the store fire fire your roof is on fire and this poor woman like there literally was a fire on the roof and this poor woman has probably thought it was a sign (laughs) from the universe i was just gonna say she was like I am out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's Fire weird. and brimstone. But she had an interesting happening. story for her church group. Right? Oh, I was like, well, that, that didn't go well. Um, but she came I back a couple weeks later oh. and she said yeah. that I was so nice and helped her. 
And the conversation that we had about like, yes, I was everybody's TMI friend, but the connections that I made with these human people mm-hmm. there was so mm-hmm. deep. It was, it was amazing. They're like, you changed my life. Mm-hmm. You changed my marriage. You changed my relationship with myself. Just because we would have conversations. Like the, the product that they bought was kind of incidental to the whole right. feeling that somebody had and went through. And I started there as a sales associate and within six months I was their buyer. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there for, I don't know, over seven years, almost 10 years. And it was a really amazing experience to be able to grow, learn my industry, and really, really find my passion of that feeling of connection to other people. Yeah. So after, I left there. I wound up going to um, a retail store because at this point I wanted to start my business. And when I worked at the other store, I didn't, you know, I think there's a great book called The E-Myth and it's called, the, it's The E-Myth is the Entrepreneurial Myth. And I wish I had known and read about this book before <laughs> I had started my business. So anybody who wants to start their own business, Really, please read the e-myth first. And it's basically talking about the entrepreneurial myth is you go, say you're a baker, and Sarah's a baker, and Sarah bakes the best pies, right? We all have this experience when we think about, we can do my job, I can do my job better than my boss. I can do this better than the boss. I can do that better than the boss. Mm -hmm. I'm the best baker. I bake the best pies. Therefore, I should make my own bakery and make a lot of money. That has nothing to do with running a business, right? right? And so you, it's great that you're a great baker, but if you know how to run a business, you can hire the best baker, right? right? So instead of setting up a company where I didn't have to be there, I set up a job for myself, you know? Um, I knew nothing about running a business. I didn't know what a P&L was. I didn't know anything about running a business and I knew this so what I did before I opened my business is I went to a you were talking about score earlier and all of these amazing resources um which are available when you're like hey I don't know anything I want to open a business there are amazing resources available so I went to score there were a couple classes in score which really helped me um but I didn't feel complete So I went to the SBDC, which is the Small Business Development Center, and that also has a ton of different resources. And they had uh, business writing classes to make a business plan. And I wrote a business plan. And I still didn't feel like it was very complete because at this point, you know, you're still learning a new vocabulary. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I still don't feel like... You know, I mean, not to mention, I don't have any money to start a business. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to start it, right? Right. So, and I was working in this retail job at this point that I hated, but... That's good for wanting to move past that. It is, and it's also really awkward. You can't, like, go work for your competition and be like, hi, I'm making a business plan to open up your competition. Right. I really like that. So, I made an agreement with myself, as I'm going to work at this job... And I, you know, have no need for the product that they sell, but it's a healthy, organic product. I'm going to go sell it. I'm going to go do my job. And I am not going to quit until I open my business. Awesome. So I did that. And that was incentive. (laughs) You keep going back to classes. So I took another class from this organization called Women's Initiative for Self-Employment. And I loved Women's Initiative for Self-Employment because it wasn't just a regular business plan from class from the SBDC, which kind of caters to everyone. This specifically catered to low-income women because they know who their demographic is, right? right? right. Like they knew yeah. how to... How to teach you. How to teach this particular yeah. person, right? Like it's yeah. there's so much because more. Because you have a whole bunch of other stuff that exactly. you're moving through. Exactly. It's not like your world is full of entrepreneurs and family are in business and this has been your you know upbringing and you're in this society right yes you have all the money freakouts all the self-esteem all the self-development that needs to happen all of that to get you yes 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 absolutely or where you are yeah (laughs) but that's exactly it is that there's so much 
that you have stacked against you that you don't mm-hmm. even realize, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Like, you're like, okay, so I don't know what this stuff is. But one of the really amazing parts of them working with that kind of demographic is you learn so much stuff, like the stuff that's dangerous for you, the stuff you don't know, the right. stuff you know. But here's the most dangerous stuff. The stuff you don't know, you don't know. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, right. so, and they really helped talk about your emotions and so much more supportive education. Mm-hmm. And they had what I call aftercare. So when you leave, you can go back and you have a counselor yeah. who can help you. When I finished my business plan there, they normally send you to a place that will fund you for low income. Mm-hmm. And it's very specialized funding. And because my business plan was so comprehensive and so good, they're like, yeah, so we're good. just going to send you right off yeah. to a real bank. Did, awesome. did yeah. you encounter any sort of like prejudice against what you do because it's there, not mainstream? No. So because I sell adult toys, it is so common in my industry to have prejudice against whatever I'm doing. And there, most banks have an mm-hmm. issue with it. Like mm-hmm. when we just went through the last, you know, government funding, we, we did not get any of the really yeah i mean we got the some but we didn't get others so just because they say oh you sell adult toys oh yeah they've had banks drop me from credit card processing without even telling you're like really really but whatever it's just par for the course you know Mm -hmm. you just gotta acknowledge and move on there's always going to be somebody has that shifted over time oh extremely so when i first opened uh like I said, they they just sent me right off to a real bank, but the bank's CEO was a woman, mm. and she was amazing. She was really kind. She met with me a lot, and so I was be I was able to be funded. Um, but the reason I was able to be funded was because I really knew what I was doing mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, you know, I really knew what I was doing, and I was really able to communicate to each person that was investing in me, why this is a good idea. Like why not, not just I'm a good investment, these women are a good investment. We, our community, our our country, our society is a good investment to be healthy and happy. And that that's easy to fund, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, but there are other institutions where, you know, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Do you think that was harder because during that time you were kind of the first of, right? (laughs) Like you were catering to women. You were kind of making this a totally different sort of industry because before it's like the people on Broadway and those little weird pop-up stores, right? There was nothing. I have one in my mind, actually. I do too. I don't know where Pink Bunny had its original location in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And those who haven't been to San Francisco should know that there's areas like Broadway, particular right. areas in San Francisco that are sex stores, shops, all strip, the, clubs. strip clubs, what, you know, you whatever you can find, it's probably there. Yep. So you put yourself, though, in a different part of the city. Yeah. And in a very, like, up-and-coming kind of... boutique boutique area. Mm-hmm. That was funny. I'm so bummed because I never actually got to go there. Oh, it was so fun. So when I opened... But I'd watch videos and be like, I'm pretending I'm here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> when I opened there, um, and it's funny because my... Even the at Women's Initiative, where they're so supportive of you. They're like, yay, we love you. You can do anything. I was like, great. I'm going to open my business on Union Street. And they're like... Except that. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, well, Union Street's kind of a reach through. There's so many other places in San Francisco. Do you want... I was like, No. It has to be there yeah. because that's where the people feel safe and happy. And yeah. that's where the women shop. Like, yeah. that's where we're shopping. That's where we're going. And we're not going to be in a seedy area. And I had a woman. This is also a lot of learning to train yourself to believe in your instincts. Is I had a yeah. woman who had offered to rent me out half of her shop. And she's like, oh, would you can put the toys in the back. And you can put the lingerie over there. And you can put the mm-hmm. toys behind the curtain. And I was like... But she had given me such a good option for financially, be like, hey, it was such cheap rent. And I was like, oh, I could do it, I could do it. And then I was like having this war inside yeah. me of like, mm, as soon as you put things behind a curtain, you're making them. You're shaming, you know, you're yeah. shaming yeah. them, right? Yeah. And then so 
I went to my uh, counselor at the Women's Initiative, and I was like, oh, this is so frustrating because, you know, I have this opportunity, and blah, 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 and what should I do? And she just looked at me, and she's like, you know what to do. Yeah. She's like, that's Damn why. intuition. Yeah, she's like, she's like, that's, this is just your inside having a little temper tantrum right now, and, but you know what to do. I'm like, Damn it. And you know what? That woman was out of business in two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I am so glad that I did not let anybody else dictate my vision to me. And right. I had to I had to put my big girl panties on yeah. and I had to wait and I had to not take the opportunity that was given to me because I knew in my heart it wasn't mm-hmm. right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and before I would have just jumped in. Just jumped in yeah. and be like, yeah, that's great. Any opportunity is yeah. the best opportunity. Yeah. You know, so learning that self-control was really challenging yeah. for me. Yeah. Oh, when I went to go get my women's initiative class as well. This was also a very pivotal moment for me because we're talking about opportunities and learning to change your mindset is my last name is Mar- Moreno at that point. So mm-hmm. now it's Martinez, but it's still a Latin name. <laughs> yes. And so Women's Initiative is used to dealing with the lower income uh, demographic where they just assumed I was Latino, oh. you know? Mm-hmm. And so Great. fine, fair, they were trying to be helpful. They put me in a in a class that was Spanish speaking. I don't speak Spanish. Oh, right. that's hilarious. So when I walked in, I was like, hola, como estas? I was like, fuck. You're awesome. 12 <laughs> weeks I was waiting for that class. So oh, now I no. had to wait another 12 weeks to get the English speaking class. And I remember sitting in the parking lot feeling really defeated. And I remember sitting there and just thinking about, well, just, this is a moment for me. Like, I can either complain or I can do something right now before I left that parking lot that's when I signed up for another class that's when I signed up for the class at uh the SBDC because originally I wanted to take the women's initiative class and I am so glad the universe did that for me because having a basis at the SBDC before I went into that other class helped me so much Mm -hmm. it was such an amazing gift from the universe so if I had sat in that parking lot and just whined and complained Like old me would have done. Like, ugh, I can't believe it. Like, yeah. who cares? Go victim. Away right, exactly. And give up and yeah. be like, fine. The, the part of your story really that's so powerful is how you went from this, like, seed to, like, really taking off all these layers into becoming this beautiful, amazing business owner, entrepreneur, and just how you've embodied who you are. And I just love hearing that energy it just it it's so enlightening and it shows us we're all capable of what we want to do but we have to get through those layers in order to to be able to do it and so that success is so much more because you put in all of that work and you clearly see it you have a very good way of talking about it and understanding hey I had to go through all of this stuff to make it happen so those of us who are like new to the sort of business world knowing that we can do this we just have to get through all of those little layers and those labels that we've put on ourselves and also talking about the things as poor people growing up of our own limitations of what we learned from our parents and our society Mm -hmm. and from the people around us there's a lot of like people who don't, they don't know how to be bigger. Yeah. And so we have to go through all of that stuff too. So yeah. it's just fantastic and fabulous. And that's really what I love about your story. Thank you. I love, I love the internet. I mean, I, I have to tell <laughs> yeah, you, I do because great. it makes it so there's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of garbage, but you have a choice mm-hmm. of what you're going to consume. Right. Right. So if you, it's never been any time in history easier to improve yourself in whatever you want to do you want to throw pots on a wheel go do it there's a million videos you want to learn how to fix a car i learned how to do my brakes on youtube you know like anything you want to learn how to do it's been done Mm -hmm. we're not that original you know like um so when i wanted to open my business i had to go out and take classes you know, there was no YouTube I could sit right. home like after I got off work and I could watch. You know, I went to these classes and it's funny because people tell me, oh my God, you're so amazing. You went to those classes. I don't think I was amazing for going to those classes. You know what I think was amazing? Those women who came with three kids. Right. Yeah. After work, three kids, they're in the rain on a bus. Like that is 
that is incredible. You know, I, I'm just so grateful. I was definitely the pregnant old lady in my business classes. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me, I got to go to the bathroom to, to throw up, like yeah. in the middle of classes. <laughs> and I was always eating. Yeah. And I, I'm looking around and I'm in classes with sorority girls. And I'm like, this is, what am I, what am I doing here? What That's is so happening? funny. I was You're growing. You're growing. too. I was but growing literally. Some, yeah. And yeah. But you will yes. get something completely different out of yeah. that class than every single person. Well, you get what and you that's need. exactly. I mean, it's it's interesting because you know I don't. I mean, you were what in your early twenties when you were starting to mm-hmm. do this, right? When and, I started working at, in my industry, yeah, yeah. So you know, it took you a second even to kind of be like, okay, what is it that I'm even to get that focus, yeah. right? And then. You know, just recognizing that it doesn't happen overnight. There is work to be done. And it's like, I think there's a lot of, of um, I know you probably watch Gary Vaynerchuk. Probably follow him, know, right? Yeah. So his whole thing, he's always telling like these younger kids, millennials and zennial. I don't even know what they're called. <laughs> I don't know. Z, I don't know what Z, the kids are yeah, Gen Z. The Gen Z, Z yeah. yeah. People... But, you know, there's their expectations of it happening right now. It's all supposed to happen when by the time you're 24, it should be full blown. And, and it's like, oh, no, no, no. He's constantly reminding them, oh, no, no, you're only 24, right? Or whatever yeah. age. You're only, you have a long way to go and it's going to shift and it's not going to be whatever you want to be now isn't what you're going to want to be in 10 years even two years you know so recognizing that the 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 changes that are going to come and being okay with that Mm -hmm. yeah right and being and and just knowing that like I I know I've talked about this before is like life you're educating for the rest of your life you're always learning yeah because I guarantee you're still learning stuff Mm -hmm. absolutely we just closed the retail store last year during covid and it wasn't COVID that was the impetus for us to close the retail store. It was, we had a water pipe burst in the top That's right. of the building. Destroyed the entire building. Oh Eventually gosh. the building got red tagged. Everybody's out. So then we're out of our retail location for a while. And it's COVID anyways. So, you know, we're just doing online sales and we're fine. And I'm like, I was, it was amazing because I had this time to reflect and like, hey, do I want to go back into my retail store? And my landlord just is like, come back, please, please, yeah, please. He loves me, did. right? Like, yeah. I've been there over 10 years and, and I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that was such a crazy thing for me yeah. to not want to go back into that space. And, you know, part of it is, you know, San Francisco is going through its own space right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's got lots of flux. But the other part of it is, just for my own life, I don't have to. Yeah. You know? I don't have to. I was talking with a girlfriend the other day, and we were talking about, maybe we'll open a little, she wants to do a little embroidery sewing thing, and she's totally comfortable with where she's at. You know, she just sold her last business, and she can do whatever she wants. She doesn't have to work, you know? And I was like, maybe we could do that. And it was amazing, the feeling of talking yeah. about opening a business for the sheer joy right. of being with humans and doing what you love to do and the and that community and connection and just doing what you love to do and how yeah. that brings you your own joy. That felt yeah. totally different than the desperation of opening a business because you just are trying to make ends meet. Because yeah. that does is not effective. You have to love where you're going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean I'm pretty sure you loved where you were going or you wouldn't have done it I love my industry in fact one of the reasons I felt confident enough to open my store is because I I was still learning my value when I was younger and the first couple of years I was working as a buyer I was realizing I would I would go to all the trade shows and I would I'm a chatty person, and I will give everybody my opinion, right? <laughs> and I don't have a filter. And I would give all the companies, because remember, this was a male-dominated industry. Yeah. When I first started, we were still saying cock rings and all these other stuff. Right. You're like, really? Really? Can we not rebrand this at this point? But it was still very male-dominated, mm-hmm. right? It was still very, 
think 70s bow, chicken, yeah, bow, totally. bow, right like that guy with the shirt like there's just no cut and the yeah. shark skin with this yeah oh with the fur on his chest yeah <laughs> i know that guy he is a nice guy. guy he's a nice guy but you don't want to buy toys from him because he has mm-hmm. no standard on health practices yeah right. you know like he's just buying the stuff which he thinks would be fun yeah granted well, his customer is different than your customer totally as well. different totally different customer so as a woman being a buyer, I was like, we can do better. Mm-hmm. We can do better than this. There are no FDA regulations. Like there's just, there was so much backstory to why we could do better for women. And when I would go to all of these trade shows and I would give all of my feedback to these companies, the next trade show, People wait a minute, that's my idea. Yeah. Right. That's my idea. That's my idea. You know, and I had companies give me lots of product as a thank you, but never once did it occur to me to be a consultant. Right. You know, never once did it occur to me that, wait a minute, maybe I should not give you my ideas. Yeah. Maybe. But at that point, I'm glad that that happened. But you because help it shift, change, it you shifts, shift the It shifts industry. the industry yeah, and it makes it better for everyone. Everybody. You know, yeah. the, when the industry has higher standards, then everybody wins. So it really does. It make it changes a conversation and it changes. Is there the, still no FDA? No. That's so interesting. Yeah. I don't it's know how really much I trust the FDA anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is that when I was working as a buyer, I had asked one of my reps, I was like, I want a list of all your non-toxic products. What are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> I want a list of all your non-toxic right. products, which are phthalate-free and don't contain lead. So we, we don't really... Uh, measure that kind of stuff and I was like really and I was like how about only silicone with no phthalates he's like well you could never fill a store with only non-toxic products watch me (laughs) at that point you couldn't yeah that's why when I opened my store we were mostly lingerie Mm -hmm. because I would not carry products with phthalates and other weird there was only like I remember there was nothing like when I had built my store there was only yeah. There was like nothing. Nothing. There was like maybe one or two yeah. wholesale. Yeah. So there were places like Kiki de Montparnasse, which mm-hmm. was beautiful and super elegant and expensive. Yeah. But that's really cost prohibitive for right. the majority of people. Right. Right. Or there's Victoria's Secret, which is cute, fun little sets and bras and stuff, you know. But that also doesn't address any sort of intimate accessories, you know? So then there was nothing in between, yeah, right. right? There was Good Vibrations, which had a really great reputation. But at that point, they were still considered a little bit sterile because they were kind of, at that point, apologizing for being sexy, yeah, you know? Yeah. So there was nothing in between. There was nothing, there was no fun middle ground, yeah. which only sold healthy phthalate-free items because at that point, nobody did that. Yeah. And so when I opened, one of the reps came for... Uh, one of our companies and he travels all over the world he's like you know there's only like five of these in the world yeah. that only sell healthy products at and I bet they were not in price. America no they were in France yeah they were yeah I think one was in China or okay uh, Japan I don't said. know why but France yeah. France seems to have They're very European very yeah they're just ahead of the game yeah. on how all adult products should be. Like, yeah. I just, they were just lingerie. Germany, too. Fun yeah. Factory is one of my favorite brands. Fun and Factory. They're very them. healthy and they're kind of co- comfy, cozy silicone. They're very, mm-hmm. they're amazing. Anyways, um, so just being able to create that space, I have had so many people when we had our store come in. Um, I've never told anybody, but because we don't usually name drop, but because she's so amazing, we had Sade come in and she told oh, me. Oh, cool. Yeah, she told me it was one of the most beautiful stores she's Aww, ever seen. And awesome. that, I, I got all weepy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> But I also didn't know who she was when she came right. in. She was shopping with a friend. Right. And we don't see her a lot. No, anymore. you know, she's just yeah. not hanging she's out. incognito. We, and her VH1 doesn't exist. Right? So. Yeah. <laughs> She had just done a show, and so Sade came on our music machine, uh-huh. and I was like, oh my god, I love Sade, and I was like, we just missed her concert, telling her friend, and her friend's looking at me like I'm an idiot. She's oh like, my, and are you kidding? shopping with you, and I'm just looked over at her, she's like, hi. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> and then right then, oh, my receipt hilarious. paper took a moment to just take a shit and just oh. started like vomiting out receipt paper <laughs> one after the other. And I'm like, uh, this, it, I mean, it was like a soap opera. It was so bad. It I'm was so like so reflecting so your energy, energy like, not yeah. knowing. <laughs> I got all stars. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Most of the electronics that happens to me. Yeah, <laughs> I do that. Mm, yeah, so funny. It's a, so yeah. it was a great honor to have her. But you know, like being able to trust yourself yeah. and be like, "Hey, this is important." My boyfriend, who gave me the gift certificate to the adult mm-hmm. store to begin to begin with, is now my husband. Oh my! And God, I so that. when I was opening my store, you know, my husband—he's all. Can I take all the credit for this? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like. I'm like, honey, we need to put in some wainscoting over here. And he's like, why? Nobody's going to pay attention. I was like, they will. And he's like, nobody cares. I'm like, I care and the girls care. Yeah. He's like, all right, whatever. But that kind of different mentality, yeah. like there was... Uh, the attention to detail in It that really, situation. really matters. Because women pay... We do pay attention. We shop totally different. Yeah. In fact, I had a rep yeah. come in and he's like, why does this thing sell so well for you? He's like, all it is is that thing in a different package. I was like, yeah. 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 I was like, packaging. Yeah, I was like, so I talked to him about We like marketing. Oh my god. Can I just really, tell we you like pretty marketing? How over it I was. I was you know, sometimes I just find I just lose my temper because I'm not angry anymore. I'm just like, God, it's so trite. You know? It is, it is so yeah. trite. And I was talking to a manufacturer, and I was like, why? Why do you put this on the package? Why is this woman here in a string bikini, like in the position that she's in, yeah. with the look on her face? That I'm like, why? Who do you think is buying this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not 1970. Yeah. Like, who are you talking the marketing to? I'm like, this is hasn't ridiculous. caught up quite yet to the yeah. product and like the the actual. Right. I mean, it's like trying to sell me a customer. minivan as a mom, you know, with a woman in a bikini right. watching it. Like, why would you yeah. do that? Like, yeah. can, can we have a serious marketing talk? Yeah. You know, like, read the room, man. This is not your demographic. So, Nobody, nobody's looking at the reports. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of great movement that happened in packaging. There's a lot of great mm-hmm. movement that happened in quality of product because women are the largest purchasers. Yeah. So... You know, going from a place of, like, just not knowing what you're doing to realizing that other people find value in your work. Yeah. And then going, wait a minute, I really know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Because you really spent, I, like, you I love what I did. And I spent, one of my favorite conversations I've ever had was, I was on the phone with, um, it was a university and it was their chemistry department. I was like, hi, I sell dildos and some of them have phthalates in them. Can we talk about phthalates? He's like, this is the best conversation I've ever had. <laughs> so, right? Because you're like, he's in a lab all day. So, like, let's talk about toys and let's talk about health and let's talk about the impact of that. So, right. let's, let, I just have a question. Yeah. Like, what... That, what does phthalates do? Like, what? why was that such a big thing for you? That was a really big thing for me because when I first started working at this store, um, it, like I said, it was a nice store. We had air conditioning. It was, you know. With air conditioning. The air conditioning was lovely. <laughs> the bar was you know, really low. For the people <laughs> that were sweating right. in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, hot under the, the bar was low. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, so we had we had these toys and they melted together and I was like because you know we had displays sitting out next to each other and they were all like these weird plastic stuff things yeah. and I was like huh that's weird it's not hot in here and I picked them up and they were like literally chemically bonded together I and I may not have had a thorough scholastic education but I know that's wrong and I yeah. do my own yeah. research and studying yeah. so I was like that's not good. So I started doing research on plastics. I had been on the phone with everyone from Dow Chemical to, mm-hmm. you know, other labs and and did a lot of internet research and read a lot of studies and not just like the results of studies, but the actual studies on different chemicals. And so phthalates are a plasticizer and it's a general term for plasticizers. There are many different types of phthalates. There are medical grade phthalates, but they're very expensive. And what they do, it, and then there's, you know, industrial grade phthalates which mm-hmm. they use to like make plastic bags and stuff it takes hard pla- harder plastic and it's a chemical that you put in and it softens the plastic oh, so it makes it okay. pliable and soft the problem is is that phthalates do not actually bond to the plastic so they leach out right they also 
for the most part, are toxic, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't want to put that in our bodies. No. So, again, no FDA regulation. So companies were using this. They were putting for novelty purposes only on the packaging. They're getting away with their liability Ugh. because, like, oh, it's, so it's, disturbing. Just, it's just a joke. We, we, we never intended you to use it for that. I'm like, it's so ridiculous. <sighs> so, oh, God. but again... You know, you were in an industry where there was a lot of embarrassment and shame. So somebody yeah. takes this product, they get a reaction or something. They're never going to say anything. They're not going to say anything. They're not going to come yeah. back and be yeah. like, oh my God, I got, you know, something. So it was really bothering to me. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, I called every manufacturer that we had and realized that the majority of them made products like this and it was really disappointing there were some really good products that didn't do that but they were much more expensive yeah you know and at this point there were only like maybe three or four brands that were really good that were mainstream enough to be available to purchase um would you say now how many are there because i know i mean just because i remember when you came we did you did a a sex party or sex Mm -hmm. a, a I think you were working. I was still working at the other place. At yeah. the other place, and we just you brought all you brought your accoutrement. Yes, and we're educating <laughs> all of us. And I remember you talking about silicone back then. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit, that is. I didn't even know that that was a conversation, right? Yeah. And now it's pretty. I mean, I I think. Predominantly, like I think a lot of women who are, if they're at all using any sort of toys, are aware of this. Yes. That it is an it is a thing. Yeah. Right. And that they do seek out silicone. Do you feel like the shift is like so huge? Like, are you seeing like a huge shift now? Like, is are even any of those they're novelty still made, things? They're still, still made, but made? they're not. I mean. The difference is like, you know, going from only having batteries to having rechargeable batteries available to have recharge, you know, recharge anything, you know, like, I mean, it's just, it's the way of the industry. So you're either going to adapt or die. You're either going to have to make a product that doesn't give a woman's hoo-ha a rash, Mm -hmm. you know, or you're going to go. Because yeah. now there are products. Yeah. And it used to be you had to spend $200 or right. $100. Now, the, the, now, now that there's exactly. more. Exactly. The manufacturing costs have gone down. So you can you know yeah. give that to the customer. Supply and demand. There, exactly. But, you know, again, just be aware, still, as there are no FDA regulations, that means they can still say silicone bliss this and silicone that. And they're using 2% silicone. Or right. they're using crappy silicone. Or they're using right. good silicone, but the time, by the time they put all the, you know dyes and all this other stuff stuff into it it's not what you want it to be so you know you just have to be aware but my general rule of thumb is if your toy smells like a tire it's probably not for you that's a good tip you know i'm just gonna say you know um and for them but also also be aware that just because a toy is $200 doesn't mean it's right, right material. Right. You know? So it, it can be tricky. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one. That's mm-hmm. still one of the things that I, I wish our whole industry as a whole had some sort of measurement to right. say this is X, Y, and Z quality, you know. So next stop, politics. Right? Politics. Next stop, bill writing. Yep. I Buying mean, it needs to happen. Ha- Buying representative, whatever you need to yeah. do, right? <laughs> Next stop, changing the laws, changing the the yeah. the you know the dynamic of all of that, so that it's at least so we're not able to save. You know, I just I just want to make sure that even if it's not a great product, that it's a non toxic product. Right. right. You know, that's right. all. That's I all. Think that's Again, the bar is low. Right. Here, you know, <laughs> I, it's just, just really yeah. sad because we don't, as a society, want to normalize this kind of stuff for women. Right. And it yeah. and that's why they're able to get away with that mm-hmm. because yeah. they're like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this anyway. Yeah. So we're just going to give these subpar things. But enter Walk Serene. And she's like, <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. You need somebody who has that sort of energy to come in and fight these dynamics. And the work that you're doing is amazing. And I would just like to send 
anybody who's listening to this to your website because you know that you're going to get top-notch quality products because somebody's out there looking out for you. Yeah. So if you want to Thank say you. your website, of It's pinkbunnysf.com uh, or pinkbunny.biz. It'll take you both to the same place. So I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I, what I want to say, what I want to ask you is, is could you talk a little bit about when you went from brick and mortar entrepreneur to online? Talk about how, you know, what happened there? Like, there's such a profound story in this, and I got to witness it all. Just yes, saying. you did. <laughs> so again, because we're always going through our growth, I had for... For 15 years, I had in my head a vision of my business as a brick-and-mortar store and serving customers out of a brick-and-mortar store. And I loved that vision. It worked really well for me. I loved the dynamic of being in with, you know, my employees. I loved my friends who would come in off the street you know, like my neighbors who were other merchants and business owners and they would take their lunch breaks and they would come over and just have coffee and lunch at our store. Like the, the community that that location had was incredible. It was so amazing. And I would have stayed there forever had COVID not and the water pipe changed that for me. So when all of that happened and it was COVID, so we couldn't go back, you know, we couldn't start doing anything. I was like, all right, well, we're in a forced break, right? So I was just going to do that and going to focus online, which I had not really focused on before. Right. Because it, I mean, okay, great. I know everybody's going over to the internet. I know, I know, I know that's where retail's going. I know that that is the future of retail. But it wasn't where I wanted to put my focus. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. So I really just had this amazing experience in that location. But when it was on pause, at first I just expected I was going to go back. And the longer we weren't in the store and the more challenge I saw in San Francisco, I just transferred that immediate gratification into, well, I'll just open a store somewhere else. Because I know mm -hmm. I can turn around tomorrow and open a store and it'll be beautiful and it'll be fun and it'll meet all those needs that I got from a store, right? Mm -hmm. Which was the community, which was the being there for people and helping people. I just love that, right? And the ver variety of our store changing all the time. I love that, yeah. right? Like, so there, there was just so much joy in that. And I was like, well, if I, do, if I just open another store, then I'll have that immediately. And I remember talking to you, Jess, about, you know, because I, I was in that spot of I'm not getting my fix of joy, right? And granted, it's COVID. I don't think anybody was, but I was <laughs> instantly looking for it, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to go back to the city. I knew that because it was having a challenge. And I was just like, let me just go somewhere else. And let me just think about opening a store somewhere else. And I remember you were like, like you have not had a break in over 20 years. Why don't you just sit down? I was like, I can't sit down. I gotta, oh my god! I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta get out of my house. I gotta make moves. I gotta do something, right? Because I love that always feeling in growth yeah. mode, right? Yeah. And I wasn't ready to sit down and grow the website because I loved the human interaction. I wasn't getting any instant dopamine from my website. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's great. We have it. It's great. It does it what it does, but it's not. It's not you. It's not you. It's yeah. not like, you know, it's not my customers who come in every week and I see them and blah, blah, blah. But, but the more I sat down, like you recommended, and I was like, but, but I'm not doing anything. I mean, I'm making money and I have time, but I'm not doing anything. She's like, really? <laughs> and I was like, oh. You're really not doing anything. <laughs> really? And I was like, hmm. Sounds to me like you were doing stuff. Right? No, I was yeah. doing a lot. But in my mind, I didn't see it because I had a vision. Yeah. And if that vision wasn't being completed, I wasn't being successful. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So it was Jess's really, she did reading for me. It was really good. And talking about that still, after 20 years in my industry, feeling like, I have to work hard yeah. or something, you know? Yeah, let it go. And even though I yeah. love what I do, yeah. it's the movement. It's the constant 
doing something and that constant growth and the constant working on that particular vision. And if it wasn't that particular vision, it wasn't movement toward that particular right. vision. So it right. wasn't that I wasn't doing anything. It was that I couldn't see what I was doing. Yeah. Right? You know? And I remember her saying, why is it not okay for you to just make money and have free time? And I was like, well, I... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why do you have to feel guilty about that? And I was like, that's a really good point. Yeah. Always you know? learning. Right? Always learning. Always having that, like, oh... I can, and the, you know what? The freedom of doing that has led me to so much joy. Of course. Of, and of loving working on the online business. Yeah. I love it. I have had so many amazing conversations with our models, with our photographers. It, it just, the, that freedom it is so amazing. And that's why I was having that conversation with my girlfriend of, you are literally living the dream. You have time freedom. Yeah. You have money freedom. You can, and, and I'm a parent and I can actually take my kid to baseball practice and I can do these things. And like all because I was willing to expand. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and move through the scary stuff. Yeah. And like Jess is saying, that you know, just move through that. Just sit. You know, mm -hmm. even though it was uncomfortable, that that feeling successful without work did you feel like you had to learn a whole new set of skills i did yeah i did i absolutely and did. which you know which was so fun which That's, is fun yeah. but also when you're really used to one thing like you've been in retail for 25 years yeah like retail like in-person retail in yeah. a location and i used to work retail and it can be really addicting because it you do you get that interaction with people i know exactly like that feeling that feeling when you have a good day and you're when you have a shitty customer that's one thing never happened. those tend to never happened because i sell dicks it never happens yeah everybody was having a good time everybody has a everybody's good day. having a good time but that the feeling you go home and you're like i made so many people happy today yes. right yeah <laughs> it, it is it's instant dopamine. and i can see how like the internet kind of feels like it would be cold yeah. Right. It would take away that that joy of the interaction and the conversation. Yeah. But are the conversations? They're probably just as intense, deep. I'm sure this can go into a whole human sexuality like topic right now, and and people might even feel more uncomfortable because they're kind of like safely behind a computer. Like they might even you know or whatever yeah. or might even come. It might be a little bit easier for them to express yeah. themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't, the clientele I have, I just would walk, I, I don't have shame around any of it. So I'm not that person, but I can imagine that there, like you said, you had like the woman, that first woman, the roof starts on fire. She's like, okay, <laughs> this is, this is a, you know, this is a sign, but you're going to have, you've probably had so many of those. Yeah. And you still have them. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you've had a, I mean, it's one thing to just not have any shame around it, but did you have to go out and do some study around human sexuality? Oh yeah. You know how, cause that's all, I mean, that in itself is an industry. It is. Right. Cause you almost become, you're not just selling dicks. You're also selling like, it's almost like therapy. an accepted. Yeah. There's yeah. so I was gonna yeah. say that like have, you're a sex yeah. therapist. Yeah. On top of. Yeah. Right. We had a lot of family therapists um, send their clients to us, and That's I had intense. a That's few awesome. that would just call me up beforehand with their clients' permission mm -hmm. to tell me the backstory a little bit, so yeah. that, that when the client came in, they didn't feel the need to tell me a backstory, and right. I can just be like, hey. So X, this Y, and Z, what I think yeah, this is what I think might your, work. Yeah. And mostly, though, when we went to stuff like that, it's a lot of enjoy the journey. Yeah. Because when we get very focused on the end game, like we... Right. Like, it shuts down, happen, they get freaked out. Right. Yeah. Like, like when at the, most of the time we're talking about this product might help. But for the most part, we're just going to go have fun and just yeah. enjoy the journey, yeah. right? So yeah. when I was younger, I was molested. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being able to move through that as an adult and work through all of that really helps give empathy. And, yeah. you know, and you're like, 
this is all okay. Like if you can come out of, you know, having a shitty experience or multiple long time shitty experiences and find some joy in yourself and the love there. Yeah. That's the most important thing. All the yeah. other stuff is gravy. You know, it's a lot of self-love. It's like, a lot of self-love. you got to teach yeah. a lot of self-love. So as we move from, it's basically like changing your, you know, in-person therapy to online. Right. It really changes, you know, the way we interact when we were still in our store before the water pipers, we were doing a lot of video, mm-hmm. which again, felt a lot like video therapy, yeah. you know, for people. Yeah. Um, but now that we're online, like I was afraid that connection with people and hanging out was going to not happen. And it's happening in a different way. Yeah. So now it's happening through social media. It's happening through messaging. Yeah. It's happening through, you know, the client, when they buy something, they leave a little message right. or, you know, and we've switched stuff out for clients a lot at, with video messaging mm-hmm. or with the messaging when they're mm-hmm. buying stuff. Um, but it's totally different and I love it. It did take me a shift to get used to because before I recognized how it's being delivered now, I didn't lose anything. I gained a lot. Mm -hmm. And then what I thought I had lost just got shifted into another modality. Yeah. It's so funny that you, you were hesitant to really do the online stuff. You, you do realize that now you can reach so many more so people. many more people thousands and thousands oh, yeah. and thousands of people a day as opposed totally, to you know whatever your clientele was coming into the totally, store daily totally i don't know what your but that's a great account. metaphor for being so limited right because yeah. here's us limited we're destined for this location for yeah. whoever's going to drive and find yeah. parking on and union that, street that really brought me a lot of joy like i didn't want to change that mm-hmm. you know i i didn't want to not be in the store i loved that you know i wanted to come into the store when i wanted to i didn't want to be a slave to it which that was where i was at you know but i loved that feeling of coming in and you know i mean countless people was always like a party Mm-hmm. So it was really mm-hmm. my excuse to just have a party on you. Yeah. Street. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then this, but totally. the social media thing too, there's something to be said about the impact of even the people that aren't buying from you, but just looking at your photographs, say on Instagram, where you've yeah. made a really big impact and they're liking your stuff and, and, and that kind of thing. And also women are like, there's a whole bunch of different types of body types that you use. People that weren't necessarily who Victoria's Secret would go after for models, yeah. but now they're, they're transforming too. And I can't help but think, you know, that's the seed that was planted doing that is changing this worldwide thought process on sex for women and making it so that everybody could feel beautiful in their skin. Like it gives me chills even just saying when I look at the stuff and I'm like, and just the fact that I know you is just even more that I have the, such a great appreciation for seeing plus size models for seeing people that, you know, you had a, before it was cool, transgendered model, right? And I've done modeling for you, right? Like just all of these different people who could come in and feel good and beautiful and sending you those pictures and being able to put that out there was so empowering for us. And I think Instagram has really done that because I see, I've seen you just blossom into this amazing, beautiful, wonderful woman. I just... I can't even stress how much I love you. But watching that online is so huge for me because it really embodies all of what I saw you as that 20-year-old person that I knew and how much I have seen you blossom into that. And I just want to just... Again, that impact is huge. You got to have this way bigger impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, COVID really did some good for some people. It did. For some things. It did. You, you know, know, if I'm, you I'm took that time. Person. Yeah, if you took that time to really assess, it did some good. And and now it's done you're like again, it's done good for your business, but it's done it really is. It's helping so many women accept themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really unbelievable when I think about you know, the ways I could think about my business. I could think about my business as I want to create a big corporate conglomerate. I could think about my business as I want it to give me X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. I could think about my business as it wants to give me freedom or think about my business that I want to, like, have social impact and social, you know, 
change with mm-hmm. the way we view our bodies. I really want my business just to bring my clients joy mm-hmm. and to bring me joy. Mm-hmm. And whatever that looks like is phenomenal because I have everything I need. You know, mm-hmm. I really believe that abundance is just being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to travel, I can go. I want to, you know, go to a restaurant, I can go. I want to, you know, meet with you, I can meet with you. I, I That kind of freedom yeah. is abundance. What do I want for my business? I want it to bring people joy. I want them to be able to see their beauty reflected back to them. Because lingerie is not about you know, making you beautiful. It's about highlighting the beauty that we have and just mm-hmm. having fun and playing with it. Yeah. You know, our Instagram, I could not get that running for the life of me. For seven years, I had an Instagram account and had like 300 followers because I had originally, when I had started my business, and you know, it was like that vision of what it's supposed to look like. And I was like, but, you know, it's supposed to have, like, professional models and this and that. And it never resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And it just made me angry, yeah. you know? And the photos of the stock stuff that would come with stuff. And it just it just, it just seemed all trite. And, yeah. like, come on. Does I, everybody I'm such a similar be, marketing. Right? Like, why does it's everybody like, have my to be brain photoshopped? Works. I'm like, I, oh. I just, it doesn't have to, like, the marketing aspect in this is such a huge thing. I was, I was actually thinking about this because I was on Instagram earlier and I'm just like, it's all the same. Like, I don't want it to be the same. I want it to be ridiculous. I like the photo, like, you see my yeah. pictures. I mean, like, whatever. You just, if it strikes a chord with you, it should be posted. Like, I don't care if it's, like, photoshopped. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't even care if any of it is in the same color, branding color. Yeah. Like, for me, I'm just like, whatever strikes, that's, if it speaks to you, it should speak to your followers. You know what yeah, I because mean? because they're the one that's following. They're you can't be one. everything to everyone. Right. Like, it's not going to be, you right. know, if, for a lot of people, they're not going to resonate it. But for your yeah. people, yeah. it will. Be true to you yeah. and, and and really be true to your, your yeah. followers. And know your people. Know who, you know. Yeah. And I never, we never went through a place where we're like, oh, we have transgender, we have plus right. size. Because You're like, this to is me, just that's a just cool humans. photo, let's just That's, that's just humans, that's, that's who <laughs> we are. Great picture, put right? it up. Exactly. <laughs> like, right? And, and, I, and it also seems so disingenuous to be like, oh, we're, you know, we're inclusive. What the hell are you talking mm-hmm. about? The world is inclusive. Like, mm-hmm. what? A, it's such a stupid thing to say. Just, I mean, come just, on. Just include them. Yeah. You're, you're in the world. We're included. Yeah. Right? Like, right. It's, we just reflect all of us. Like, yeah. you know. Well, it's the same with, like, plus size and just regular women's clothes. Ugh. Right? It's yeah. like, we don't want you to be plus size, so we're not going to make clothes for you. Yeah. And it's, or you're going to get, what was it, Lane Bryant, right? Like, right. Yeah. some old woman yep. stuff. Oh. And, and we we have to stand up and say, you know what? We're consumers. We're people who buy clothes. We should get stuff that we like. Yeah. And I think it's important, this inclusivity. And also, kind of what you were saying about speaking to those reps when you're at the shows. Like, they just don't know. They would go for that demographic. They would be making stuff because they are manufacturers. They want to cater to whoever's going to buy. They absolutely But do. they just didn't think about it because... The way the industry worked yeah. is is that we're going to cater to men because men buy this stuff. We don't know that women would buy it, right. too. But now that they know, they make it. Right. So now that there are more there are more women business owners than I have seen ever, ever. in our industry. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. It is wonderful because the more places we have that normalize this, the less it's going to be an issue for everybody. Do you still I mean, go to these trade shows? Sometimes. Not since COVID. Has so, it, was it shifted? It had shifted a lot of <laughs> Oh, the trade shows. They're their own I bet stories. they're so they're, fun. I mean, 20 years of trade shows. Oh, I The first time I went to a trade show in, in my... Please yeah. tell me they're in Vegas. Of course they're in Vegas. Oh, God. That so there's so fun. The, the Adult Video News <laughs> Awards. So the, when I first started going... So this is where you get your, your blowjob awards. And, yeah. you know, there's the Porn Star Awards. Hey, uh-huh. you know, every industry has their awards, mm-hmm. right? So... When you when I first went in my twenties so long ago, the adult the AVN was still closed to the public. So you okay. would, so it was a buyer to buyer yeah. thing. So you would go and you would it was a trade show and you'd go and do your stuff, and then 
after a while, they had opened it up to the public. Talk about a shit show. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Because as a buyer, it, you're, you, this is your world, yeah. right? Like when you do this, you do this every day, right? There's, there's nothing that phases you. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking through the convention hall and you're technically not supposed to be naked on the convention floor. So the ladies would wear like the smallest little like bikinis, you know, I mean, it's basically mm-hmm. two band-aids and a cork, right? Like right. that's where we're at with the bathing suits. <laughs> and no, there's no tan no. lines going on, right? right? So the hustler uh, had like a shower wall, but it was basically like almost the size of a semi-truck backed up into there. And it's a big wall of like three or four shower heads. And there's a big plexiglass like uh, wall around these girls, you know, so they can have their uh, space, I guess. And they're just soaping each other up, right? And there's like, I don't know, 40 or 50 deep gentlemen, you know, with their cell phones oh. taking pictures around them, so just weird. ogling these ladies. And I'm just laughing my ass off because this other man walks right by it all with his rolly wheel case, doesn't even bat an eye. Just, I'll make that guy's in the industry. Yeah. That guy, yeah, that's he's right. seen that's the before. Even, he does not care, yeah. right? Like he all this like, flitch. Yeah. But it was, uh, <laughs> It was interesting just to see the change in it because that's yeah. not how it is anymore. I mean, yeah. the AVN still exists, but it's just like if you go to a trade show, this is kind of normalized now. Toys are in mm-hmm. the, the lingerie and the mainstream media. You can buy these things at the mall. Yeah. yeah. So the nice thing about being able to, you know, find your confidence and you can change an industry. You can make everybody else feel like they can find their confidence too. So that's perfect place to end. And I would just like to ask, do you have anything that you would like to share with our viewers? Any last piece of advice or anything else? Plug anything? Um, well, I already plugged that's, my business. Pink Bunny. I feel like the word plug them. feels inappropriate. Really? Or <laughs> <laughs> very appropriate. very appropriate. It was pun intended. <laughs> that would be on one specific page of my website. <laughs> So that, 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 uh, we'll just let them explore and find that on their own. Um, I would say that whatever you want to do in your life, there's already a bunch of people who have done it and the resources are there and literally whatever you want to do in life, all you have to do is YouTube how to fill yeah. in the blank. That's go. it. You know, you gotta want it. Yep. That's you it. Know, I just want to say, lastly, like you should add advocate to your title because you are totally an advocate for empowerment of women, but also us learning about our own bodies and what's acceptable and what's not. And so, I just want to. Awesome. Super fun. Thank you guys for having me. I really Thank appreciate you for it. Being Thank here. you.